Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Welcome back to the Wellness Wonderland Radio, everybody. I am so excited to talk to Nitika Chopra today, founder and editor-in-chief of Your Bella Life, a beautiful online community and lifestyle magazine that I love. It was founded in 2009 and... Much like me and what I promote here in the Wellness Wonderland, Nitika believes that love and happiness are possible in every moment of life, and she has dedicated her life to helping other people stay in that mindset. So I am personally thrilled for today's conversation because I know that we're going to get so many amazing, insightful pieces of information from Nitika, and I connect with her so much in so many different ways so I'm so excited to hear what she has to share with Wonderland. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for stopping by. <laughs> so, okay, cool. Well, you have an amazing story and um, to kind of take us back to your journey to your Bella life. And um, I'll just kind of let you jump in there and just kind of talk us through your wellness journey and um, where you've been, and it's such an interesting story. If you could just kind of walk us through some of the highlights. Sure, my pleasure. Yeah, well, so my story really starts um, when I was about 10 years old. I was diagnosed with psoriasis, which is a dry skin condition that happens to be an autoimmune condition. And um, a lot of people have psoriasis. Some people don't even know, you know, that people that are close to have it. It's usually just, you know, a patch on your elbow or maybe on your scalp or something in a more controlled area of your body. But in my case, I actually had it from the tip of my foot to the tip of my head. And so I really, I mean, literally, you know, you get this allergy tests where you have to do a scratch test on your body. And I literally didn't even have a space on my body clean enough, you know, to be able to do an allergy test um, for many years of my life. So that was kind of where my wellness journey started. Just having my body taken over by this condition was a really big part of leading me to figuring out what's going on and is there more out there? Why is this happening? All those different questions. And um, as I said, that happened when I was about 10. And then when I was about 20 years old, I actually developed psoriatic arthritis. And so that's very common as well with psoriasis. And it you know, made it very hard for me to walk without severe pain for about four years of my life. So that's kind of just like the nuts and bolts of it. And for a very long time and still today, for the longest time, for as long as I can really remember, I decided that I had a choice. I kind of heard a voice tell me that I had a choice when I was about 12 years old. And the voice said that you can either believe that you are a horrible child and that is why you have this condition and that you are meant to suffer 
Because that is, I mean, I was only 10, 12 years old. So that is really what I thought. I looked at people around me, my mom and my cousins, and they were all beautiful with gorgeous skin. And I thought there must be something wrong with me. Or I could believe that this has absolutely nothing to do with me. And it was for a much bigger reason than I could ever imagine. So I obviously chose the second um, thought and I chose to kind of use that as the roadmap and as the catalyst to everything I did from that point on. So even though I was in, you know, in pain or even though I was dealing with this health condition and the psoriasis was itchy or whatever it was, I just really found peace in believing that it had nothing to do with me. And, um, I don't know, I've just always kind of been like that. So since I was like that, I kept trying to figure out, you know, how can I take this thing and share it with other people? I'm going through this condition, but I know there are people out there who are dealing with weight gain or who are dealing with acne or just whatever. I mean, people dealing with cancer and losing a loved one. There's so many different kinds of things out there that people are dealing with that it's so easy to really attach yourself to the victim mentality. And um, I just really felt like I wanted to teach other people how to take whatever circumstances they're going through and realize that it has nothing to do with you and there are greater lessons involved. And that's, long story short, that's like a part of the reason how I started Bella Life. Wow, that's amazing that at such a young age you were able to shift and choose happiness and choose to see this condition that was happening to you as a lesson and figuring out why and then using that to share it. That's that's super inspiring. So I guess next, could you kind of walk us into, kind of bring us up to speed to the present and to how you what you were doing before and how you made the transition to make it your career and your purpose in transitioning using that lesson that you learned and making it into something that would be your career. Sure. Yeah. Well, I had always been a performer of some sorts. I had been taking voice lessons my whole life and I had always loved acting and singing and all that kind of stuff. And At the same time, I always felt like it wasn't enough for me, like it was just a a one layer of what I wanted to do with performance. So I kind of, you know, was digging and soul searching a lot. And um, my my friend and mentor at the time, Gabrielle Bernstein, who I know you love and adore as well. Adore. um, (laughs) Yeah. So we were, I was in her coaching group about five or six years ago now. And um, she and I were talking and I, I had this deep, deep, deep desire to work and do, you know, what my life's work was meant to be. And I had no idea what it was meant to be. I I had all these fragments of things. Like at the time I was working in real estate. And so I knew I liked sales and I liked business. And, you know, as I mentioned, I had been an artist in a lot of ways and performing and all this stuff, but I just, nothing was clicking for so long. And, um, Gabby said to me one day, she's like, if you could do anything in the world for no money, what three things would you do all day long? Mm, what a good and, exercise. Yeah, it was a really great exercise. And at first, like, you know, I tried to think, like, just naturally, you, I, like, crossed things off the list. And I was like, oh, well, I wouldn't get paid for that or I wouldn't get paid for this. But she really encouraged me to, like, not think about the money. And so then I was like, okay, well, what would I really do? And 
I sat with it for a little bit and what I came up with was um, I would take care of people. Like I love the act of caring for someone. Mm. And um, I would also create, like I love creating blog posts or articles or connections or whatever it is, like the act of creation is really exciting to me. And the last one was I love being in front of the camera. Like I just love it so much from a perspective of I could – I could teach the world through that lens. And that just is really exciting to me. Um, So I was like, well, what the heck is that? Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me because it was like these random things. So I literally sat with that for like two weeks and um, I prayed on it and I asked God for guidance. And what I realized, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was just like, oh, I want my own talk show. And it was so clear, like everything just internally just lined up completely. And then I realized that no one knew who I was. (laughs) So I was like, no one's going to hire you to have a talk show. The only people that have a talk show are like Ellen DeGeneres and Oprah. So why would someone hire you to have a talk show, you know? And um, instead of getting frustrated or scared or whatever, I decided – excuse me, I decided to kind of work backwards and figure out what was going to get me to having a talk show the fastest. And I knew no one was going to hire me to do that or, you know, no, no production company was going to just give me a talk show out of the blue. So the first thing I realized was I need a following. I need people to know about me and I need to also start creating the show and creating the connections and creating the concepts and all of those different things before someone gives me the opportunity. Like I need to believe in it and see it enough for someone else to see it and believe in it. So that's really how I created Bella Life. I thought I would put myself on camera and do Bella TV and do some vlogs and some videos. And I would have experts as guests on my website. Like I would have experts on a show And we would have blog content, like you would have articles, I mean, like you would have segments rather on a show, we would have blog content and they would be articles instead. And I prayed over it and about three years later, I got a talk show. Mm. So, yeah. Such an inspiring story. I I just, gosh, it's like I want everyone on earth to hear that and know that their dream is possible. And that's... Yeah, it's so cool. I, I recently watched one of your blogs, um, vlogs, I guess, rather, where you um, discuss kind of what you learned from our mentor, Gabby, and you say that I think kind of around this time, probably, when um, when you decided that this was what you wanted and um, you said that you found lots of other people were talking and saying, oh, I want a talk show and oh I'm going to have yeah, a talk show. Oh, me nuts. Yeah. And every time you heard that, you kind of clenched up and maybe like the big J word popped up or you were just nervous and um, maybe jealous. And and maybe you could have used that as an excuse to not live your dream, um, but you didn't. You actually talked about using it as a positive example and you liked what these people were doing, so you were going to do what they did. So Mm -hmm. could you talk us through how you stayed in that mindset and manifested your dream anyways? 
Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I had gone through so much in terms of trying to find what I was meant to do. Like, I just feel like I lived nine lives just in trying to find my purpose and, and all of that. And honestly, I mean, no matter how successful you are, I think we're all still honing our purpose, you know, especially, you know, in our twenties and thirties, I think I'll be I'll be honing my purpose in until I'm probably 40 or something. I mean, maybe even beyond that. So I'm not like done. It's not like I I don't still do this work because I absolutely do. And I think it's, it was just like the moment of, it was very different than other things. So I'm really passionate about psoriasis and helping people with psoriasis because obviously I dealt with it for so long. So there was a time when I, I called my parents and I told them that I wanted to have a psoriasis center because I just wanted to help people with psoriasis. And that was what made the most sense. Yeah. Teach what you know. Yeah. But it was always like forced to try to do those kinds of things. Like I was always trying to fit, you know, a square peg in a round hole. Like it just, I was like, is this it? Is that it? It's kind of like when you're dating and you like are like, well, this guy seems cool. Like, you know, I don't hate his weird way of doing everything. I don't know. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, I guess that could work. But it's not the same as when you meet your soulmate. And when you feel like, oh my God, that is the guy. Like that's my soulmate, you know? So it's kind of the same thing. And so for Bella Life, when I was seeing all these people saying that they wanted to show, they wanted this, they wanted that, they wanted to be a host – Honestly, it was so it was it was so frustrating, and then it got to be funny because it was just like a joke. It was happening every five seconds, and um, there just came a point where I was just like, I know, I know, in with every fiber of my being that I meant to do this, you know. So it just I couldn't let it affect me, you know, beyond what I was kind of feeling in the moment. I just couldn't let it affect me. So I also kind of feel like I surrendered a lot with my dream. And I was working full-time in real estate. The whole time I was building Bella Life, up until this past January, I've been working full-time in real estate. And so there was also a a sense of, you know, I have time. Like, I'm, I'm not telling the universe that you have to make this happen in three years. I was shocked that it happened in three years, you know, and there's still so much more to do, but I just, I let myself go into the space of, I know that this is meant to happen and I'm going to take care of myself by having a full-time job and making sure I can pay for my bills and do what I need to do, but not lose sight of what I ultimately want for my life. Wow. That's so inspiring how you turned that around and kept going and, and really took the time to build your platform. And it sounds like you were really patient. Um, I'd love it if you could kind of talk us through that a little bit. Like let's kind of talk business a little bit and how you built your platform and how would you recommend um, people wanting to get started with their passion and wanting to go down this road, whatever it is, um, but being able to support yourself by doing what you love. Do you have any advice for people trying to make that shift? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing um, that I, you know, I really believe when it comes to people following their passions is I just felt like it was personally irresponsible of me to expect that everything was going to line up immediately. Um, And I, I don't think that that's very fair to like the universe either. I really felt like, 
you know, and, and trust me, I have to remind myself of this all the time. I'm an Aries. I'm not a patient typically. Um, but I just really believed in, in this dream. So in terms of, you know, people who want to go out there and actually make something happen. So if they have a dream, let's say, you know, you're out there and you have this great dream and you feel like this is really what I want to do. The biggest advice that I can give you is to a lot, to put yourself out there with your connections and your relationships. So I think that has actually been my biggest tool is from a very genuine place. I have made such an effort to try to get to know people who are doing what I'm doing. I mean, just like you, Katie, like you're interviewing, you know, people who inspire you and who are doing the things that you want to do from like a very genuine place. That is beautiful. And you know, me as someone who's getting interviewed by you, and I'm sure so many other people who you work with, like, we remember that, you know, and we feel that energy. So it, it continues to go with us as you grow in your career. And I feel like those relationships are the biggest key to wherever I've been able to go. So it doesn't matter if you are a jewelry designer and you want to, you know, be in Bergdorf's one day. And right now all you're doing is making jewelry for your friends. You go to the networking events and you go to the different things that are going to have the people there that are the buyers for Borgdorf's or maybe they're the editors of magazines that might showcase your your jewelry or, you know, other people who are maybe of a certain, you know, price point or, you know, tax bracket where they can afford your jewelry and so you're giving it to more people. But you continue to surround yourself with the people that are of the vibration that you want to be in. And so I, you know, I haven't been in magazines yet and I haven't, and I didn't have a show for a long time, but I would spend my time with people who were already doing the things that I could not wait to do. I was so excited to do one day and not asking them for anything. You know, I I didn't spend time with them being like, oh, so you're writing a book with Hay House, like, I want to meet their editor. And yeah, like, you need to, yeah, like, we're friends now. Like, you should hook that up. And <laughs> no, like, that's gross. I don't do that. You know what I mean? Yes, like, I completely it, agree. Yeah, like, if if you're, you know, let's say it's you and, and you're a television executive and I'm meeting you at a lunch or something and I realize you're the, you know, you're the executive at the Dr. Oz show or something like that. And I'm like, oh my God, it's been my dream to be on the Dr. Oz show, let's say for whatever many years. Can I tell you what I do and and be honest with you? Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm a talk show host and this is what I do. Sure. But I had to really learn that the energy behind that needed to be super clean and unattached. Because you're more likely to want to put me on the Dr. Oz show one day if you and I become actual friends and it's a mutual relationship, even if it takes 10 years, Mm. you know? And so I don't know. I just, I don't want people doing me favors because I'm being pushy. I want people to be in my life and for them to, for them to feel like it's exciting for them too to be a part of my journey. So I'm not sure if that totally answered your question. Oh my gosh. More so. It it was. Yes, and beyond. It was really good. I think there were some tweetables in there. It was really, really rad. <laughs> I mean, I, just to touch on a couple of things that you said that really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't stop nodding because I think what you're saying here is really, like, 
and, and Gabrielle Bernstein says this, you know, when people are real, I fall in love with them. You know, it's, I think mm-hmm. it all goes back to authenticity and people are so much more likely to help you when it comes from a non-pushy, non-trying-to-get mentality Mm -hmm. than a trying to show this is what I have to give. And it really makes me think of that story that um, Gabby tells frequently about how when she was getting started on this spiritual path and she um, was at her mentor, Marianne Williamston's lecture, and I think she Mm -hmm. was like in the back and went up to her after and said, you know, how can I share this message with my generation? And... um, you know, she, Marianne told her, but she also was like, you know, I can be, how can I help you? What can I do to help you as a mentor? Like, what can, can I intern for you? Can I give back to you in any way? She wanted to see how she could help Marianne, not necessarily how Marianne could help her. So mm-hmm. I think that that is a really interesting shift of a mindset and when you really can focus on what you have to give instead of what you can get from someone it makes the whole conversation more authentic and and maybe it maybe it means you need a little bit more patience because they're not maybe they're not gonna give you that thing right away that you want or or whatever but Mm -hmm. it's much more likely to actually happen if you come to it from a genuine place of goodness and authenticity and and I just, I love everything you said. And the more you can be around those people that have what you have, you're going to do what they do. And it's like that saying, like, you become the sum of the four people you spend the most time with. You know, even if you're not, like, physically spending time with them, but but watching them and researching them and just um, supporting them and kind of, like, holding space for them and wanting them to do well. And because, you know, the more... The, the universe is, and you touched on this in your that video blog I was just talking about, but mm-hmm. um, the universe is abundant. And I think so many of us fall into that lack mentality where we think, oh, they did it, so now there's less for me. And that's just not how it is. Actually, them doing it means there's more for you, and it's exciting. And, mm-hmm. and so um, I just think that's something that hopefully people can take away from this conversation. Awesome. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So – We've been talking about your talk show quite a bit. Will you tell us a little bit about it? It's amazing, and I love it. So give us um, give us the rundown. Sure, yeah. Thank you so much. It's um, it's called Naturally Beautiful, and it's on Varia Living Television. And um, it's a show which is really the holistic approach to beauty. So it's everything from, you know, how – like I had Latham Thomas on there talking about yoga and how you move your body and then – I had my close friend Terry Cole on there talking about the thoughts that you think and how that affects how you, you know, are perceived in the world and what you radiate and the healthy cooking camp girls, Robin and Quinn on there doing recipes and talking about how what you eat is reflected onto how, you know, you look outside in the world as well. And it's really like, as I said, a holistic approach. It's it's not just about, you know, the newest skincare masks or how to apply the right eyeliner. It's like that stuff is fun and I'm feminine and I'm a girl and stuff just as much as the next girl. But, you know, I'm more interested in what do you do on those days when you, you know, are dealing with an illness or, you know, how do you deal with your life when things aren't really going the way that you want them to go and how do you kind of give yourself a pick-me-up and think more positively and feel great about yourself even in the face of all of that. So that's um, that's what the show's about. And it's on Varia Living Television 
um, on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Oh my gosh, that show like could not be more up my alley. It's (laughs) everything that I believe in. Is it available online for people to watch anywhere? It is. It's um, if you go to Varia Living Go, it's um, available to live stream. So you have to watch it like as it's on at seven. But um, they also have repeats at at eleven. I think the same day on Tuesdays. Um, but yeah, it's not on like YouTube yet or anything. But for right now, they have it on um, on live stream. Perfect. It's fun to watch things live anyways so I know I like it too (laughs) well um we will put all of those links below so people can check it out it's amazing and I love I mean if you've been listening to the wellness wonderland we had Latham Thomas on and both halves of the healthy cooking camp crew so (laughs) I love all of them and it's really awesome and and Latham brought this up about finding your niche and Mm -hmm. for you I think um you have such a beautiful one with um beauty and um, skin care, and then taking a holistic approach to it, a natural approach to it. But then also, the which I think is the most important part of beauty is what you think and, mm-hmm. and really incorporating that in. And there's just nothing like that out there. So that's why this just like hits me so hard and is just so amazing. And um, there, I think it might be an Audrey Hepburn quote, but it's like happy, the happiest girls are the prettiest. And that's so yeah. true. And there's that Robert Dahl quote, and I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's like, if you're happy, there will be sunbeams that like beat out of your face and every, you'll just radiate. So I think (laughs) um, being happy is the first step to clear skin and beautiful hair and just the whole nine yards of um, feeling good in your body physically. Yeah. Love that. Totally. So... Okay, cool. Well, we talked about a lot of really cool stuff, but now um, I want to get personal with you. You ready for it? Sure. Yeah, I'm ready, girl. Okay, I want to hear about the woman behind your Bella life, and I'm going to ask my favorite question to ask on the show, which I think is just such a beautiful insight into people's lives. So, Could you walk us through your morning routine, maybe like the first three things when you wake up and just any specifics on how you start your day and why it's important for how the rest of your day goes? Absolutely. Well, first off, my dog always wakes me up every morning. (laughs) So my dog, Bella. um, Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's uh, she's sitting on my lap now, actually. She just finished eating and she's like, hello, what are you doing? Oh, hi, Bella. (laughs) Hi, Bella. She says hi. Um, so, so yeah. So, Bella is my little teacup Yorkie, and she is two pounds, literally. Um, she is two pounds of perfection, in my opinion. Um, but, no, she's just the sweetest thing. She's a really sweet Yorkie, and she's um, she usually wakes me up in the morning, and she always wants to get fed right when she wakes up. So I have to wake up and, you know, with my eyes half open, go to the fridge and feed her. Um, so that's usually what happens first. And then um, from there, I usually put on some sort of meditation music. I I try to, like, sit and meditate and be more structured about it, but... I've always believed that like meditation should reflect who you really are. And I, I remember I kind of felt like this 
when I was in Gabby's group, actually, we used to meditate as a group and I loved it so much, but I found it really hard when I was on my own to focus by myself. And so what I did was try to find ways to get the same energy and same intention and focus, but doing things that I love to do um, that might not be me sitting still. So for example, I really love to sing. So sometimes I'll just like wake up in the morning and like, it sounds kind of weird, but like lay back in my bed after I feed Bella and just like sing a little like, you know, beautiful spiritual song or just like listen to a nice, like nice chanting music. And I, I like to pray and I talk to God kind of out loud. And just if I wake up with any anxiety or concern, I'll just kind of tell God everything that I'm feeling and thinking. And, um, so I start with that, and then I usually, right after that, call my mom. <laughs> I usually call my mom pretty soon after that. So I would say those are like the few things that I do in the morning. And then besides that, every day is totally different. Some days I'm working from home all day, and I'm cranking out tons of Bella Life um, stuff, and I'm just like doing emails and catching up on articles and all that kind of stuff. And then other days I am just running from meeting to meeting or filming or something like that um, every moment that I'm awake. So it kind of just depends. I, I do feel that, you know, quiet time is really important to me. Um, and just like me time and my space is just really important to me because I'm so sensitive So if I'm around people all day long or if I'm running or just busy or even just on the phone all day long, um, it just really, it it gets to me after a while. So that's another thing that I make sure I do throughout my days is to have some me time. Nice. So that's kind of a nice segue to my next question, which was going to be about the evening rituals. Do you have any (laughs) things you do to wind down, maybe some favorite ways to relax in the evening? Yeah, you know, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty actually like not that, I guess, advanced <laughs> with my with my evening ritual. I would say it's almost like the same as the morning because I I really do love music, and so if I'm feeling a little extra buzz, like you know, a lot of energy or whatever flowing through me, or I'm feeling an you know a little edgy or anything like that, I again will kind of dim the lights and play some, some music. Um, but otherwise I really actually love television (laughs) and I feel like in the spiritual world, we're not allowed to say that, but I love television. I grew up on television and I feel like I, I don't actually watch it very often, but at night after I'm done working, I tape like every talk show that there is. And I basically like study talk shows like all evening long. <laughs> like, I love that. It's 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 part of your work for you. It's funny. My my grandpa actually he um does the radio for a basketball team, and mm-hmm. he would tape um all of these games, and he would watch them over and over again. And he still does it. He he puts on his little headphones and he watches these games over and over again. And and he would say it was studying. You know, he had to learn not only like the players' names, but you you would get tips. And and it's kind of like what we were talking about before with like surrounding yourself with these people who you look up to. And I think that's beautiful that you do that at the end of the day because you know the more you 
um, watch Ellen or Bethany or all of these amazing people on TV, like you'll, you'll take little pieces from them and then make them yours. So I think that's amazing. Thanks. Yeah, that's, that's honestly what I really love to do. It makes me really happy and I feel like I'm learning a lot and I just, I also feel like it's like an, a live vision board just for me to like surround yes. myself. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, now I really want to talk beauty with you. So sure. could you tell us some of your favorite beauty rituals? Yeah, actually, I was just talking to a friend about this yesterday. I'm such a nerd, but like the my favorite time of the day, um, which actually is in the evening, so I probably should have mentioned this too, but my favorite, favorite time of the day is when I take off my makeup and wash my face at night. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so interesting because I, and I'm probably not alone, I dread that. Like every evening it's like, oh, I gotta go get ready for bed. So I would love to hear about how you make it a pleasant experience. Oh my God, really? Okay, well then maybe I need to do a video about this or something. Yes. I, um, it's honestly, it never used to be my favorite time. It's not like something I grew up with it being my favorite time. I get what you're saying. It's just like a chore, like yeah. every day to do the same thing. Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I actually, I wear makeup because I feel like it's part of my job, but I don't really love wearing makeup. I feel like it's, it's like, I don't know. I just, I see my, my mom and my grandparents and they have such beautiful skin and I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to wear all this makeup and, you know, make myself age faster like than I want to. Um, and that's just a natural way to kind of keep your skin healthy. So I actually try to not wear makeup as much as I can. But when I do wear makeup, I have just gotten into the habit of using some really incredible products that aren't very expensive. So they're not incredible because they're expensive. They're just all natural. And it's one of the blessings with Naturally Beautiful. I've gotten exposed to so many cool brands. And my favorite, favorite brand right now is Naturopathica. And um, I've just been doing a lot of work with them lately, and I've just been enjoying work, like wearing their stuff so much. And so when I come home and I take off my makeup, I use like a like a you know makeup cloth just to take off like the mask, not the mascara, just like the face makeup. And then I take this, um, I even forget the chlorine. I think that's the name of it. That's actually not natural. It's. <laughs> So it's to take off my mascara because I feel like I wear a lot of mascara. It's like my thing. Um, so I, I gently remove my mascara so that I don't pull off any eyelashes, which I used to pull off eyelashes all the time, just being so annoyed. Um, so I do that. And then I wash my face with the Naturopathica Oat Face Polish, which I like absolutely love. And the thing with their products is you like feel like you're in a spa. So I like, I'm really intentional about this part of my day because I literally will like put my hair up and put on a headband and like just be really, really focused on my skin and myself in these moments. And um, so then I, I do that with the oat face polish and then I like wipe my face and, you know, dry it off and everything. And then I take this like rose um this rose mist that I have so many different brands carry it. And I, I, I feel like this is from like new earth or something. I forget it was a gift from someone, but this rose mist that I just like absolutely love. So I'm already feeling again, like I'm in a spa because I smell like rose, which I just love. And then I let, I kind of walk around and put my pajamas on and like let that dry. 
And then I put on um, an eye cream, depending on what it is. So right now I'm doing this eye brightening serum from Naturopathica, which I really love. And then I put on I put on this calendula um, night cream from Naturopathica as well. And because it, it literally smells like you're at a spa, I just feel like so nourished and I feel so pampered. It's like not even funny. So I know that sounds like a really big process. No, I love it. And it's it's funny because I um I was kind of the same way. I used to, like I said, I really kind of dreaded getting ready for bed and, you know, my sleeves would get all wet and then I'd get cold and I was kind of like more awake because I'd splashed water on my face and 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 I decided like I'm gonna shift this and I'm gonna make it spa time and um and I've started to really kind of shift things around kind of in the way that you talked about. So I think that's another really good takeaway for people to really use their getting ready for bedtime as a as a time to really like make it make it a little spa date with yourself and it's a really beautiful time to wind down. So we'll definitely put the links to naturopathica because I think all of that stuff sounds amazing, but but whatever it is that you're doing, if you can just love it kind of in the way that you talked about, I think that would be really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't, I mean, I love naturopathica and I've tried so many brands. I believe in them, but like exactly if, if you have, you know, products already and you're not, um, you know, looking to buy new products, that's totally fine. And even if you don't have naturopathica or you're not in the mood to buy new products, you totally don't have to. You just have to like, you know, use whatever you have and just be intentional as you were saying about what you're doing. So that's perfect. I love that. Cool. Well, we talked a little bit about your skin. Um, could we talk a little bit about your amazing hair? You have the most beautiful <laughs> hair. So let us know um, what you do to keep it healthy and strong. Oh, sure. Well, thank you so much. Um, I, you know, when I first moved to New York about 12 years ago, I didn't know anything about my hair. I literally was the antithesis of my show (laughs) right now. I just, I didn't know anything about doing my makeup or any of that stuff. And I, um... I was introduced to this hairstylist in Soho and she has been my hairstylist since then. And, uh, she's at Dop Dop Salon in Soho. Her name is Miriam and she's just amazing. And, and she really taught me that getting my hair cut every six to eight weeks, um, is really important for your hair's health. Um, so I know a lot of my friends, a lot of people that I know, they just don't really, go that often. And I know when I was younger, I, I kind of just went when I like absolutely had to, and my hair looked crazy, but other than that, I didn't really go very often. So, um, I, I get my hair cut every six to eight weeks. And I also don't wash my hair that often. Cause when you have wavy or curly hair, like I do, it can get dry very easily. So I don't wash my hair very often. I wash it maybe twice a week, sometimes only once a week, but I usually have to wash it twice a week. And um, I also don't really, I try not to like blow dry it for too long. I I use a diffuser, um, which is just that like, you know, round weird attachment at the end of your blow dryer. And I use a little Fresh Curls by Redken spray and kind of like spray that in slightly and scrunch it up. And um, lightly blow dry it. And then that's pretty much it. It takes me about 10 minutes. Um, And I just feel like it's the best way for me to go because 
it's the least amount of heat that I'm using on my hair. And, um, you know, I'm also not really using much product and I'm not having to wash it all the time. And then other than that, I also do like some oil treatments. Like I'll do a coconut oil, just not anything fancy. Literally my mom will just put coconut oil in my hair and, uh, I'll sleep with that on. And then the next morning, wash that out. Um, so I try to do things like that that are natural and do some like natural hair masks and stuff. But, um, but that's basically the gist of what I do with my hair. That sounds, I also have super thick curly hair and hearing all of your, um, beauty rituals from your skin to your hair. I just, I keep smiling and thinking, man, it would be so cool to have a sleepover with you and do, <laughs> do coconut oil masks. and just Yes, totally. I would love that. <laughs> someday. We're, I'm manifesting. Okay. <laughs> we can listen to Rent totally. and sing with each other. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, I know that another um, big part of beauty is food. And I'm sure that you would agree. So hmm. I'm going to give you a little scenario that w- about food being part of this beauty equation. So you ready for it? Yeah, I'm totally ready. Okay. So it's 8 p.m. We'll say you've had a long day of working and doing your thing and being creative and you just got home and you're hungry for dinner, but you're also really tired. What do you do slash make or pick up or eat? Okay, so I'm hungry, but I'm also really tired. So what I'll probably do, I I do one of two things. I usually start my day with a smoothie. So if I already had a smoothie, then I won't have one for dinner. But sometimes if I somehow just didn't have a smoothie and I had something else for breakfast, then I might get a smoothie, a juice press. Um, And then if I don't do that, I have this place called Peace Food Cafe, which is a block away from my apartment. And it's a vegan place. And it's, it's interesting because up until like this last year, I would say I used to kind of go for, you know, the chicken and rice or something. Cause I'm allergic to a lot of things. So I would just go for like the plain basic foods, but it would still be a lot of carbs and a lot of, you know, heavier foods, which is kind of what I grew up on. Um, but just recently I realized that I was eating a lot of that stuff and it wasn't necessarily that it was unhealthy for me. It just wasn't it was, I wasn't getting in enough nutrients as I should have been. So what I'll do now is instead of going for like something with rice, I will just get a side of um, broccoli and a side of kale that's like steamed or sauteed. Yum. And um, I will get like a vegan soup from this place. And then that's like really it. So it's if, if it had been like a year ago, I would have been like, what? No meat and no rice and like. That's just so weird. I'm an Indian woman. Like I, you know, we have rice and curry and chicken and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I'm used to. But I just found over the last year that my body doesn't crave that stuff as as much as it used to. So that's typically what I would do if it was a late night and I was hungry. Perfect. That's so cool. So I guess my last um, overarching question for you is this. So... As you know, the name of my blog and the name of this podcast is The Wellness Wonderland. So when I offer you that term, what does living in the wellness wonderland mean to you? And how do you stay in that space? Well, I think, you know, the biggest thing that I've learned about, you know, what you call the wellness wonderland is 
that it's really about what feels good to you. So for example, I mean, I have a lot of friends that would never eat bacon. I love bacon. (laughs) So like I will eat bacon and I don't think that's crazy, but I'm also allergic to soy and I don't eat dairy and I don't eat gluten and I don't eat so many other things, but I will have a piece of bacon on a Saturday morning at brunch if that's what my body wants and that's what I'm feeling. So as much as bacon and wellness do not sound like they go together, my point in saying that is I really believe that the Wellness Wonderland is about what is right for you. And knowing that that I'm sensitive and knowing that I need space or knowing that my body is craving different things and that it's okay in moderation and, you know, all of that kind of stuff and also making sure I have tons of self-care implemented in everything that I do so on and so forth. It's just really a personal journey. So while, you know, myself or a Gabby Bernstein or Chris Carr or you or all these different people are great, amazing tools for everyone out there, it's just what I would do is keep it in mind and also check in with yourself at the same time. You know, like let, let these people and and us be your guides, but, but really follow what you want and what feels good to you. And you will always be in the wellness wonderland. Mm. I love that. That answer is going to go down in history. The bacon answer. It's so, (laughs) (laughs) it's so perfect because really that, that, that is exactly it. That's exactly the space I'm trying to create here is just what, I think it's almost dangerous for someone to get behind a book or a specific person's diet regimen or a specific person's meditation practice or whatever it is because that's exactly what we've kind of been talking about over and over again in this conversation. And really what I couldn't agree with more is that what works for me isn't going to work for you and it's not going to work for the next person. It's really about individualizing stuff and making it what feels good for you. And to do that, I think you have to be authentic and you have to be honest and you have to be genuine with yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that point you made and I couldn't agree more. Awesome. So, okay, so let's wrap with some quick fire questions. You ready for it? I'm so ready. Okay, so just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay, favorite color? Green. Favorite day of the week? Monday. Favorite fall vegetable? Butternut squash. <laughs> Yum. Favorite fruit? Guava. Ooh, yum. Exotic. <laughs> um, favorite way to relax? Laying around with my dog, Bella. Aw, hi, Bella. She sounds so cute. Um, favorite, well, actually, favorite or the thing that you have the most for breakfast each day? I think you kind of already talked about this, but... I think you said smoothie. Yeah, a chocolate raspberry kiss smoothie from Juice Press. Yum, that sounds delicious. So good. Um, what does your ideal day look like? My ideal day would be on a television set and being able to start the morning off with somebody that I love and go to a set for the day and then end it with a girl's night. Mm, that sounds so fun. Maybe a sleepover doing our hair. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> um, what superhero power would you like to have for a day? Oh, you know, this is so cheesy, but I would really I would really love to be able to 
like give love as like a superhero power. Like I just feel like sometimes people can't feel how loved they are. And it's like one of the most frustrating things and it doesn't matter how much you say it. So I would love to be able to like put my hands on someone's shoulders and be like, you are loved. And like, they feel it. (laughs) That is the most sweetest answer that I've ever heard. (laughs) Usually they're all things that people want for themselves. And that was such a giving answer. That was beautiful. Thanks. (laughs) Um, What is your favorite vacation that you've either taken or you want to take? Well, I went to the Maldives once and I swam in the Indian Ocean with sharks and that was pretty amazing. And I would love to go back or go somewhere even better and continue to scuba dive because I only scuba dive that one time. Wow, that sounds way cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to beat swimming with sharks. I know, it was really cool. (laughs) Um, What is your favorite on-the-go snack? Favorite on-the-go snack. What is my favorite on-the-go snack? I feel like I know this. I don't even know. I feel like I don't snack that often, actually. Um, If I do, I'll have a kind bar. Oh, my gosh. No way. That's really funny. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I like kind bars. That's so cool. Um, Okay. How about your favorite movie? Oh, my favorite movie. It used to be Adventures in Babysitting. You might be too young for that, but. <laughs> it sounds fun. Can we watch uh, it? Let's just watch it at our sleepover. Yeah, seriously. It was such a good movie. That used to be my favorite movie. I don't know what my, oh, you know what else used to be my favorite movie? Because I love to sing, which you also might be too young for, which would make me cry. But um, <laughs> is Sister Act 2. Oh my gosh, I love Sister Act. Yeah, Sister Act 2 was the best movie. I used to have it on VHS, which you probably have never even seen. And (laughs) it was so amazing. I, like, broke the VHS thing because I watched it so many times. So, yeah, I love Sister Sister Act 2. Is it Brandy in that one? No, Lauren Hill. Oh, Lauren Hill. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I was on TV, like, a couple of summers ago, and I watched it. it was, I loved it, too. So good. So good. Um, okay, favorite book? Favorite book. You know, this is such a cliche answer, but I really loved The Alchemist. Um, I just really loved it. And I actually also, I've started doing audiobooks because I just don't find the time to actually They're the read. best. They're the They're best. They're so good. And I and I listened to Peace from Broken Pieces by Ianla Van Zant, and oh my god, that woman is insane, amazing. So that was another really awesome book. Cool, cool. I'll have to add those to my list. Um, how about your favorite song to dance to? Oh, um, to dance. Well, I would say my favorite song to sing to because I sing more than yeah. I dance. But um, is Take Me or Leave Me from Rent. Oh! <laughs> Take me, baby, or leave yeah, exactly. me. <laughs> no way. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. I love it. It's so funny. So we are both rent heads just to tell yeah. everybody in the wellness wonderland. And it is so cool to meet somebody who also shares my passion for rent. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Big time. Oh, my gosh. I love it. So thank you so much, Nitika. Those are all the questions I have. This conversation has been amazing and so inspiring i hope you all are inspired too and we will definitely keep in touch with you thank you for being here thank you so much katie this was so much fun such a pleasure bye everybody bye 
Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week, but until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me at Katie Dalebow and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.